Welcome to Teach Out Loud Podcast, where we highlight all the amazing educators in our state and beyond that are making a difference every day for kids. Teach Out Loud is about bringing your passion and your best self to what you are doing every day. It's trying new things, sharing ideas, and being the best version of you. It's living life to the fullest, growing, and not being afraid to take those risks. Come on this journey with us and Teach Out Loud. I'm Travis Lape. And I'm Lisa Norris. And together we are on a journey to share and highlight amazing things happening in schools today. Welcome to another episode of Teach Out Loud. And today, Lisa, we have two amazing guests with us. Yes. Super excited. First is Kylie Enberg. Kylie um, grew up in Harrisburg, and she went to college at SDSU, where she got her degree in early childhood education with an endorsement in special ed. She currently is teaching at Liberty Elementary in a K-3 resource room. She has a dog named Bear. I love that name, Bear. And they love to go on hikes, especially when they go to the Black Hills. And our other guest is Esther Crandall. She went to school at Dana College, and then she got her master's at USD. Um, she's been working in SPED for 16 years. Oh, my I, word. I know, right? I, that right there, she's amazing. Aww. And she's married to Matt. They have three boys, and um, she's currently working in Harrisburg as well. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to have both of you. Uh, can you, for our listeners, just to kind of get to know who you are, can you maybe share your why and why you went into education? Yeah, I'll go. I have always been that kiddo where it was always a teacher. I played teacher at recess. Teaching was always my thing. Um, when I got my degree, I just, I took a couple courses that were special education, like, geared, and I was like, oh, this is, this is what I want to do, and uh-huh. that's kind of, it just always started from there. I never doubted it or thought of anything else. It was always teaching and special ed. So. Nice. And how about you, Esther? Um, for me, I wanted to be a teacher since I was in third grade. I had a teacher who made a big impact on me, Mrs. Keck. And um, at the time, though, when I went through college, I had no interest in working in special education. I didn't have a clue. Um, I really, really didn't have a clue when I started. Um, and then I moved up here in 2004. I started subbing for the, the Sioux Falls School District. And at that time, I was volunteering at Children's Care, which is now oh. Lifescape. Yeah. And I had an interview there and ended up going back to school for my master's. And that is where I'm at now. Okay, that changed your, where you were going with things. Well, that's awesome. Well, welcome. And we, we like just to have a conversation. And we're going to start with the toughie. We're going to start with a hot topic. Travis and I like to call them hot yes. topics. Um, so inclusion. You know, including all kids in the classroom, it's, we've been around for a long time. Do you guys think that it's more accepting now than what it was before? Um, are you seeing rewards, or is there still constant struggles? Um, whoever, either one of you, would like to respond. I mean, I think it's super. I think there are a lot of great rewards to it, especially, like, with my kiddos in the resource room. I feel like it just, like, builds their confidence there and with their peers. Like, I think there's so many great things with it. Um, and I think a lot of teachers are willing more to like, okay, what more can I do? How can we make this possible? Right. So I feel like I see more, I mean, I've only been doing this for years, but I feel like <laughs> my experience, teachers are definitely willing to, um, see how they can support kiddos in their room as well. That's awesome. And I would say similar and echo that, um, the other side of it is though there are kids who need a different type of environment, Absolutely. like self-contained, which is my favorite thing honestly and so I I do see great benefits when they go to their classroom but I also see a lot of um, things that I like just throughout the day you know seeing somebody who can learn to carry their own lunch tray or hold on to their own utensil get on a swing by themselves or even at the point now I have some kids in my room who are in and out throughout the day but just seeing the relationships that they have with one another 
and how they can right. help one another and tutor one another. And you just look at that whole progression of how that develops. So those are special relationships too. I think it's um, great when they're with their peers and I've seen a lot of positive things with that, but I think there are also special relationships that they have with one another that are very valuable. I think so too. I think in education as well, like we sometimes get into a language piece where it's my kids or your kids. Mm -hmm. And how do we start to change <laughs> that language to all our kids or our kids or you so that even though they may be getting a different environment or they may be getting different supports, they're still our kids. Yeah. Have you seen language start to shift or is that still a barrier that as education we still need to really be honest and address? I think um, in some situations I can see where it's a barrier and sometimes it maybe is where I need to talk with a teacher or a different team um, and on, on the flip side I've had other teams I mean, like one thing that's nice every year I think it gets a little better and, oh, and with my own students um, just as they make progress throughout the year their involvement looks different every year and I need to be flexible with that um, so just seeing you know, just being really honest with where the kid is at with their development and going from there and building it. And it's okay if it looks different every year. Because mm -hmm. every kid is different and everybody right. needs to have a different plan. And that kind of leads into the next question about, you know, um, what are some ways that we can help our coworkers? Because I often see um, sometimes teachers aren't as accepting or is because they just don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to handle behavior. They don't know what kind of adaptations to make. And also the kids in the classroom. If we would just spend a little more time talking to all of the kids about what does autism look like, what does learning disability look like, what does it mean to be deaf, you know, whatever the case may be, I think educating both students and teachers and even parents in the community, yeah. to be honest, um, that would help, you know, with being more accepting, I think. Is there something you guys are doing to help educate or help teachers when you're working with them? I, th I mean, my first year, I just like think back on my first year, and I was always afraid to like ask questions. I was always like, oh, I feel like I should know this. I don't want to ask. <laughs> so like, I always just like ask questions if you guys have any questions. And sometimes, you know, and I think like now I'm in my fourth year, my communication skills are definitely a lot stronger. So I right. think, you know, just having that relationship with the teachers and knowing like come to me for anything. And, you know, I'm coming to you for questions too. It's just a mm -hmm. team thing. It's not a, yeah, like my kids work it. This is like a team. So right, I yeah. feel like that's definitely the most important. And I think just being real myself, and I see this too, just working with different education assistants, um, I need to be very, very real. And I need to yep. be honest, like, hey, you know, this is what happened to me on the playground today, and just put myself in their shoes as well. Because I think sometimes in those situations, I mean, people don't have a lot of training. Even when I was an elementary ed major, I had almost no special education background. Right. And yeah. it just wasn't part of our major, and I didn't have any idea. So I think it does come down to just um, lack of training sometimes, and overall everyone is feeling overwhelmed, working hard, and just being mm -hmm. able to acknowledge that, that people are really doing the best they can. Well, and even the question piece you had said you were afraid, but on the flip side, I see a lot of the educator or general ed teachers, they're afraid to go ask you because they don't want to look like, right, oh, I don't exactly. know what to yeah. do. And so they don't ask then, and it's right. like, it's breaking down, like Travis said, those barriers of like, let's just have a conversation, let's communicate and see, you know, what's best for our kiddos. And, and then I'm going to bring up something that we had been discussing was the, the schedules, because even just working with <laughs> teachers, you, know, yeah. you were saying you change your schedule weekly, like several times. You know, how do you deal with that with teachers, guys? 
Well, I, in general, what I have um, when the kids go to their regular classrooms, that typically doesn't change as much. Um, and if I'm in a good place, sometimes I'll remember to check in with those gen ed teachers. And I'm bad sometimes, like I don't for a couple of months, and I just assume no news is good news kind of right. thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that makes a difference too, just checking in with someone, making sure they're doing okay. Um, so in general, it's just stuff that I look at the data sheets and I think, oh, we didn't get enough done this week, and mm -hmm. how can I tweak the schedule and make that work better? So right. it's just more communicating that with my EAs and just um, maybe sometimes writing up a script for them to follow because you can't just hand someone like this weird curriculum and say, <laughs> figure it out and throw in all these behavior needs. Like just having a script, demonstrating right. how to do the script, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And just being available for training, letting people know that I appreciate their flexibility and all that they're doing. For sure. Yeah, I mean, in my classroom, it's a weekly schedule. We're constantly updating, but I always feel like updates are good. Something's not working, let's try to fix it. Right, we're right. the teachers, too. This time doesn't work for you. Let's come together what time would work best. And it's an ever-evolving schedule, but my poor EA, she's a rock star. She definitely, what's new on the schedule? Hey, let's work with this. <laughs> yeah. So I think you bring up a really good point that sometimes maybe we miss, too, is those educational assistants that you have, that you're constantly supporting, was that a challenge right away? Because I think of I think of a gen ed classroom and a traditional teacher, we you don't have that EA. So right. like through through college, we didn't have to. They never taught you how to manage people. Right. But our special education yeah. in teachers, yeah. they're yeah. managing people on top of learners and their caseload. Right. So what what maybe when for our listeners that maybe are in that sped world. Like, how, how did you get to that point of being comfortable with managing people and helping them? At first, it was really difficult for me because I was, I was not afraid to ask for help, but I was like, well, you don't have to do it. That's okay. I'll do it. Like, I was always one of, like, loading my plate. And I'm like, well, you know, she's awesome. Let's, she's here to help. So, and I think it's just, like, yeah, the communication piece and she, willing to jump in. Like, my age, she's an all-star. So, sure. it's, yeah, it was difficult for me at first to ask for help and just, kind of delegating, but it comes okay. with time, I feel like. And Well, like brand new teachers that are SPED teachers, they're they're young, right. and they come in, and their aides may be older than them. They right. may have been in a district for longer than them, and all of a sudden, these young kids that are coming out are expected to be a leadership staff, kind of, mm -hmm. for all these other people, and that can be, you know, overwhelming. So I think we go back to our favorite word, relationships, Travis. Yeah. It's yeah. forming those relationships yeah. with your EAs, forming them with your students, you know, and the other teachers, because like you say, you all are working together. But did you have something, Master, to, no? Not as much. I just think a thank you goes a long way, just being sincere yes. with people. The biggest thing, honestly, that I didn't even really figure this out until a few years ago was just understanding that they come in and they're doing their job, but they have tons going on at home. So mm -hmm. just taking time to listen to people and understanding that they have a life you know, outside have, of right, they have a life outside of school and it's not like necessarily their number one priority to run this program or whatever they have other things they're thinking about mm -hmm. so treating people as people just being kind just yes. being respectful yeah that can that can really go a long way um, another topic that we were going to discuss today was teacher burnout um, this is a topic that we've discussed actually before um, yeah. and that it's hard for people in education but I myself feel uh, it's harder even for people in special education because there's just a lot of demands going on there. And I had shared that when I was in college, I was majoring in special ed and I was working at, I actually worked at children's care in different places. And then I almost got to the point where I felt burnt out 
before I even got started. So like you've been in it for 16 years. Yeah. And what advice, I guess, both of you would you have for those teachers who they feel like, oh, I can't do this or it's one more thing or I have to go to one more meeting. I mean, what are some things that keep you guys passionate and excited about being with your students every day? For me, the number one thing is reading, whether it's journals, blogs, just looking at ideas, trying to stay fresh that way, and also oh. just seeing the struggle that other people have. Like Sunday night, I happened to have a small window of time, so I thought, I'm just going to you know, Google self-contained classroom <laughs> That's what everybody does. Let's and Google you that. Know what I, mean? I, I, just, I love to do that kind of stuff, though. So I think that's huge. Anytime you're looking for more information, yes. taking time to connect with other people, um, and just having support outside of work. I'm really fortunate I'm involved in a great Bible study group. Um, yes. My family is very supportive with what I do, and that definitely makes a difference. I would agree, and I wasn't lying because I myself, I mean, there's so many groups I'm a part of because science group or a reading group or this group, or because you do, you support each other and you help solve problems. And yeah, I'm looking at you, Travis, the social media king. You have all sorts of groups that, that you're part of. Sometimes what too many. <laughs> right. Sometimes too many. What about for you, Patty? You're just a young one. You're just a baby. Right. You've only been teaching for oh, a few years. I but. know. Um, I feel like for me, is sometimes I stress out. I'm like, I got to get it done right now. I'm like, ah, no, I can leave my computer here. Like, it's okay. Go home, take the night. My, bear, my, my dog bear, you know, just doing kind of something for myself and get to it tomorrow. Right. Um, and I think just like the sport in the school too, because like if something's not working, I know I can go to other teachers and like they'll help out or if they have other ideas, there's always just that team of support that's there. Right. Um, and another thing too, like I was even noticing today, sometimes things get difficult and I get wound up in my own world where like I've got so much going on and then I'll have like a previous student, like a fifth grader come by and just say good morning. It's like, oh, just that relationship Aww, makes right. you like, this is worth it. This is why I'm right. in it. And, that just always brightens the day up. So. Well, you're both just doing an amazing job. I Like I have told you earlier, um, lots of teachers, when they want to go observe people, it's, wow, let's go see Esther, let's go see Kylie. This is where we need to go because they've got it going on and they've got it figured out, and that's awesome. And and I like what you both said about, you know, you don't have to get things done. All of us have these lists, but it's being intentional about what needs to be done right now, right. what can wait what do I maybe not even need to do and making those priorities that were really important to you, whether it be faith, family, friends, whatever, making sure you're taking time, intentional time for those things. So I think we need to put them on the spot. Oh, oh no. because we have had this fun conversation about behavior charts. Oh, yes. Let's do it. But I want to know from some experts, yeah. not, not pros and cons of do you support them or not, but what are some things teachers need to be thinking about if they're going to implement some sort of behavior system in their classroom. To Consistency. Okay. Oh. And just being able to clearly communicate what the expectations are. Um, for me, I have a couple of students who have who earn stars throughout the day, and it's very clear. Five squares, then you get a prize, whether it's right. a jelly bean or whatever, or iPad for a minute, whatever. Um, and then I have their rules on the bottom, and we reference that all day. You know, you sit, quiet voice, hands and feet to self, follow schedule, and just do that constant check off with them. So I think consistency and making sure you're really communicating what you need to communicate to students. Sure. So it's not, there's no gray Absolutely. area. And it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's not something that you're out there for, it's just, it's yeah, you it's and that Yeah, it's individual for those yep. kids, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with the consistency. I think, and sometimes I do this too, but sometimes teachers, oh, it's not working for a week, oh, let's try something else. Sometimes just... Keep it going, keep trying. You know, if there's not progress, then we can kind of look at something else. But I think consistency with whatever you're trying to do is mm -hmm. super important. Oh, that's a good word. I like that word, consistency. It is. And what I liked is that both of them touched on it as 
focus on that on that on, on that, that specific kid. child. Like yep. it was it wasn't a blanket behavior system of everybody's earning five stars right. if they do these things. It's truly targeted of this is how we can better support this child if we do these things. Right. And every child has a different reward. That's my favorite thing I hear every time when I'm going into classrooms is, what are you working for? What are you working for? Because there's kids know, and they're taking ownership and setting those goals, and I think that's awesome. This has been a fun episode. Oh, my gosh. I've been loving this. I've been, I want to hang out with these people now that I've got to know them. Um, and so um, one thing I told you that we all do on Teach Out Loud is we have you guys give a shout-out. Um, to our listeners, of you can it can be an idea, quote, thought, whatever. But what would be your shout out to our listeners, Esther? I'll have you go first. Sure, mine would definitely be keep trying because sometimes uh -huh. that is all you can do. I had a student; we did hand over hand to carry his lunch tray either four or five years, and I just thought in my head sometimes I thought, oh, this is so hard and this is a mess and it's really tough. And one day I noticed we were going through the lunch line; he started to slide it a little. And I'm like, what? No way, he's not going to carry it. And he picked it up and he carried it all the way to the table. Nice. So you don't know. So if you quit, you don't know. Maybe that could have been the day that somebody made a breakthrough. That was really important. Right. I keep thinking about Dory. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Just keep swimming. <laughs> That's what you know when you first said. But it's so true. It's yeah. so true. And what about for you, Kyla? I'd say celebrate the little things. Yeah. I mean, oh, like yeah. in my classroom, it's like, oh, it's been a rough day. It's been yeah. hectic. I'm like, well... Even though there are always those shining moments where, like, yeah. that was a really good moment, or that kid really, he persevered, he got that done. You know, there's always those spots that you can really focus right. on, and I think just celebrate the little things sometimes. I love that. They were both great. This was great. Thank you guys for being part of my show. I really appreciate that. And until next time. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Be part of the community, be part of the solution, and until then, teach, teach out loud. loud.